Hello and welcome to another episode of Raise Your Voice. And this week is one of my favorite people on the earth. This week's guest is actually my husband, Jason. And it's Valentine's Day week when this podcast goes live. So I asked him to answer a few questions that I had to enlighten others on what it's like to live with someone who struggles with anxiety or depression and just what it takes on his part to help me and help our kids and make sure that he's the best he can be for himself first, but then to make sure I'm okay. And I thought it would be a perfect week because it's the week of love. So let's talk about what it's like in marriage or relationship with someone who struggles with mental health. And I really thought deeply about the questions that I wanted to ask him because first of all, it's not an easy topic to talk about, but Jason really has allowed me to just keep sharing things and then he'll ask questions and intentionally will listen to make sure that I'm okay. But there's are a few things that made me think like, what's the other side like? And I actually have never asked him these questions. I don't know what he's going to say. And that's my favorite part about it. I know there are tons of people who are silently struggling alongside their partner, whether it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, you just don't have the courage to say something. And that really was me for a long time. And actually, it took us about a year, a little less than a year um, after my suicide attempt for him to really want to speak the word suicide. But I had it on my heart that we like we had to talk about it because it's just a giant elephant that was in every single room. And it was affecting us personally as individuals as a married couple, as parents, um, but addressing that elephant in the room and just talking through it, like how did he feel and what were what were the thoughts that were going through his head and continue to go through his head. And that conversation was really enlightening for me and I'm sure for him too. But if you think about that, it took us a year to talk about it. That's literally the mission that I have behind this podcast is allowing people to share their story with people because it's so hard to do it if we feel like we're the only ones willing to. We all just need to start speaking up and being our best advocates. But on the other hand, that's easy for me to say. Someone like Jason, more of a quiet, not so mm, bossy, I'll say, kind of person like I am, is it's harder to speak up for yourself. Jason and I really dive deep into the Enneagram just because, you know, I like to learn everything there is to learn about myself. Every assessment there is, every quiz I can take, I'm going to do it. And over the course of a few years, he's learned about himself and the Enneagram. So it's fun to see how an eight and a nine really get along and get through life and use each other's strengths when we need to, but also build them up when they need it as well. 
So I'm really excited for you to keep listening to hear more from Jason. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So I have three questions for you. You've had a few days to look at the questions and think about them. Although you just told me you forgot the questions. Yes. So do your best, but that's perfect because you can just be your authentic self anyway. So our first question would be, when you can tell that I am struggling, but I don't admit that to you, what do you do to usually help me out of that? Yeah. So what I normally do would be give you some space because I know that you need time to um, contemplate what you're feeling and kind of go through those thoughts on your own. So I'll take the kids outside or kind of give you a little space to yourself um, in order to get those feelings figured out on your own and then kind of come back a little bit later and see how you're doing. So um, that's perfect because that's over years. So we've been married for seven and a half years and I often have reactions that maybe you aren't the best, but that's when you're trying to get me to do something right away. When now you've learned actually I need to give you space and time because I've told you that over time that that's what I need. And so you're respectful of that boundary. So it wasn't something you just did, right? We had to talk about it. And oh, definitely not. Actually- I, I would ask the question over and over and over, <laughs> and I could tell your frustrations were building and building, and that never led to, to anything good. So, so now it's just- you know, mental health is kind of, I started from scratch, and I'm kind of learning my way as, as you go through it. And as you open up, I'm starting to learn more and, and figure things out. Perfect. All right. Well, we can do number two because I think I might have more questions now. What qualities do you have that help you be so compassionate and empathetic towards me, even when I am hurtful towards you? And so to be clear here, I am never intentionally hurtful or anything. It is my reaction in the moment. And I am very bad at coming back and apologizing actually about that. But there are certain qualities that you have that you were God given and are just innately yours that help help you always have compassion for me and understand where I'm at. And it's never judging me or holding it against me. I always just feel so loved by you. And so how did you get to be that way? What yeah. made you that way? Well, I wouldn't say it's always, um, I, again, I think it's something I've learned over time. Um, but probably one of the biggest things would be patience, um, was really hard. Like I said, kind of not pushing you into it, giving you your time. Um, and just really being willing to communicate was a big thing for me, obviously, as you know. Um, that's been a struggle since we started day one, was really opening up and talking about things and and kind of getting at what is actually the issue at hand. So um, patience would be a big one. And then growing up, too, I was always the one helping others. I guess that's just how I've been my whole life. So Innately just helpful. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I would agree with that. Um, and so I actually, as I introduced you, I was talking about Enneagrams and how you've learned a little bit more about Enneagrams as you roll your eyes. It's a lot in our house and I use the word Enneagram probably way too much, but it, it really, it, that's you. You're an Enneagram nine. You're the peacemaker. You love it when everyone's happy. And that's what you just said. It's patience and helpfulness is that's. Yes. I know more about Enneagrams than I ever thought I would, but, um, they are actually pretty spot on. And, you know, we've gone from me being a nine to me being a three, but I think I'm 
definitely a nine after we've gone through it a little deeper. So um, I guess that might be part of it too. I'm, I'm not a true believer of Enneagrams yet, just putting that out there. But yeah, well, I mean, a three would be an achiever, but you and you like to be, you like to win. So yes, very competitive, as you know. Yes. <laughs> that's a, uh, so yeah, it's not 100%, but it helps us communicate and know each other a little bit better. Yeah, it is helpful too. Like, and we go over Enneagram mates and what, what you need from a partner that really actually helps me because I can take guidance all day on, on how to, how to communicate better with an eight and, and, and what makes you tick and day. what doesn't. So yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So I have one last question for you. What advice would you have for a spouse or a significant other of someone who lives with depression and anxiety? So really, Okay. day-to-day things that you do or think about or yeah it's a tough question i think it, it really gonna depend on your situation obviously but um i think one of the biggest things is probably just trusting your gut um you know i can always kind of feel in the pit of my stomach that something is going on with you um whether it be you're acting out or you know just the way you're behaving something's off um and i think trusting your gut and just kind of acting on that and making sure you don't just say ah it'll be better in two days or it'll be better in a week you know um, you never really know what the other person is thinking. Um, for me, it's, I've never had any issues with mental health. Um, so for you to go through all the stuff that you have, um, just really makes me put, put yourself in the other person's shoes and think about what they might be feeling. Um, and don't let it, I guess, don't let it sit. Yeah. Ask the right questions and communicate with them to make sure they don't need help. And keep asking, even though they don't want yes. to answer. Well, yeah. And, and you can give them time, but yes, <laughs> keep asking the questions, um, persistence. Yes. Because a lot of times you don't want help or you think you can do it yourself, but you really do need someone else there. Um, you know, I think you have a lot of good friends around you too, which helps. So I always don't have to step in, but that may not always be the case um, for other people. So, yeah. So really just being, well, and you're open to me saying anything that I need to say to you now, because what I had already spoken to them was it took us almost a year to even together to be able to say the word suicide, you and me. Mm -hmm. It took almost a full year after that. And so for that in our house was a big deal. And that really gave me sort of the courage to start talking about it with other people. Hence, you and me are on a podcast episode right now talking to other people about mental health. But you were that first person to let me just tell my story and say it to you and use that word which obviously is triggering always, and it will be in our house. And we will do our best to make sure our children understand mental health the way that they need to understand it. And you're just a, it's a perfect person to allow that to be an open conversation. So I appreciate that about you. And I appreciate your time tonight. And I just love you. No problem. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you too. <laughs> I've never thought I'd be on a podcast. You can cross it off your bucket list now. Check mark. So I couldn't have loved that conversation anymore because it was really the more and most authentic version of him. And that was just kind of gave me goosebumps. I loved it. But in true Kiesta fashion, I cut him off at the end and he wanted to say something to the fact that I actually was on the news and shared my story about mental health and suicide. And 
he had mentioned he felt weird about that and like what will people think about you as in me like will they judge you or think you're bad and then he was reminded of all the people there was numerous people and I would show him like the messages and emails and Facebook messenger quotes and Instagram DMs of people just saying thank you because I've been there and I felt those feelings and I just didn't think anybody else had these feelings because I wrote a blog post and the title was, but she seems so happy. And that's the thing is that these people, me included, just always seem like, okay, good. Everything's fine. Everything's good. Well, just, it's fine. Well, until it isn't fine anymore. So he really just, that was eye-opening for him and his perspective of the stigma of mental health in itself. But I wanted to conclude with the Bible verse that we actually have in our living room on a little sign, and it was read at our wedding, and it's Genesis 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he's united with his wife, and they become one flesh. That is literally what this conversation, not this one specific, but the culmination of all of them has done for me and made me really feel was the unity between him and I and how solid it is when I'm able to go to him first um, to make sure. And I suppose him second, right? It's That's the habit that we're trying to learn is God first. We're each other second. Our kids come after that because without us, our children, they wouldn't be here. Our children were literally created out of our love for each other. If we weren't together, our children wouldn't be here. So our marriage has to come first and continues to come first. So I hope that was slightly, if not very helpful for you and loved ones that you may want to share this with because having his perspective was eye-opening for me and I'm sure it will be for many people that you know. So I'd always love to hear your thoughts let me know what you think. Leave a review. Send me a message. And as always, continue to raise your voice.